I was in the house when it all went happen, and I must tell you, it was uh, even now. It's it's so surreal. It's so difficult to to believe that that actually happened in the Parliament of South Africa. Um, you know, uh, I I think the the public out there, many people didn't see it as it played out. Um, and look, we were all always going uh, expecting that there would be an interruption to the president's speech, and that there was a possibility that things would get nasty, especially with the large. Uh, or, or an extent of security measures around Parliament, but I think for 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 to actually witness it as it played out and the level of brutality, um, you know, and 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 the way uh, MPs, members of Parliament, were getting assaulted right in the House, you know, in front of Constitutional Court judges, former presidents, guests, ambassadors, and children, I must say, who were guests of the president. Mm. It was absolutely stunning, and it certainly did feel right there and then, and even now, that something fundamental has gone wrong and broken in our country. Well, I do think that a number of things have happened. South Africans, upon transition, were soothing themselves by saying, we are the last country of those which fought for liberation to be liberated. Therefore, those who might have gone to exile might have learned what not to do and the bad things they would try to avoid. Little did we know the sins of incumbency and their power. Secondly, we also had this notion of South African exceptionalism. Failing to learn from other transitions, we said it can happen here and we are exceptional without explaining why we arrived at that particular notion. And lastly, in the recent years, about 10 years ago, we saw a progressive decline of internal democracy and degeneration of institutions, be they political parties, civic organizations and so forth, and the rise of personalities and therefore personalization of politics. People in political parties tended to rally around the leader and defend the leader without using the values of the party as a point of reference and as a starting point. That in itself to me, I think that's where we went wrong because we suspended generally, whether it's in the ANC, in the EFF, in the DA, and so on and so forth. And that cancer now is beginning to bite not only political parties, which are generally personalized, it's moving into state entities, it's moving into different entities, and that's how we degenerated into the politics of spectacle. And what you saw in Parliament, it's an open secret that Malema is bitter about how he was expelled from the ANC, and some of the leaders who are the core of EFF leadership were also bitter about how they were expelled and they believe that Jacob Zuma and some ANC leaders are responsible for their political misfortunes. So this is a grudge match for them, hence the obsession with him. On the other side, within the ANC, leaders rally around the president to defend the president rather than to say, what are the guiding values at any given moment? Had they looked at that, they would have dealt with the Ngandla issue long time ago, rather than to obfuscate at times or delay the processes 
until you see a build-up where this becomes a rallying point. It was barely a week or two after elections. Political parties had forgotten what their manifestos were. It was back into the issue of Ghanla. It was back into these politics. And those presiding in the parliament as well, they seem to have personalized. Well, firstly, I mean, I think uh, a prof's point about, you know, our belief in an exceptionalism uh, is, is brilliantly put because, you know, we, we did always think about when we saw our democracy being uh, stifled in some way, we thought this is an aberration. But clearly there's something more fundamental, as Ranjini puts it. And I think that, uh, firstly, for me, a turning point uh, came when uh, people mobilized against uh, President Mbeki. Here you had ANC members uh, burning the flag of the president of the ANC in the streets, toy-toying. Um, and so what did that say to the public? The way you change things, the way you affect change, was to take on the president of your own organization uh, in order to ensure that you could have power. So something inside of the ANC was lost in that battle, and it's never gained back that ground. But I think we need to also sober ourselves. While uh, people, commentators have been talking about the brutality of the reprise response in Parliament, just think about the last few years, how dissent has been dealt with in this country outside of Parliament and away from the eyes of the public. And on that very day, people who were marching in Cape Town had water cannons uh, shot at them, were beaten in the streets, and uh, it's almost as if uh, sometimes we talk about Marikana never happening. And so there has been a heavy hand of the state which is using authoritarianism. That's number one. So that's uh, a, a turning point that has taken place where we've almost normalized the use of violence and force and people dying on the streets while protesting. Secondly, I think we have to accept that this present ANC administration has, has turned a, a, its back on parliamentary process. What we have is a president who did not appear in parliament except once last year. And if you turn your back on the institution that you fought so hard for, then you're going to be in deep trouble because if you don't respect it uh, as the ruling party, then other people are not going to respect it. And so, um, it, 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 uh, and, and the way that was defended properly is right, it's almost like the cult of the personality. And when, when, uh, when President Jacob Zuma walked into Parliament, it reminded me for a moment when the ANC MPs got up and just clapped and clapped and clapped, you know, of a uh, and Nelson story of Stalin who walked into an opera, and people clapped and clapped and clapped, and it was eight minutes, nine minutes, and ten minutes, and nobody wanted to sit down because they were scared they would be identified as somebody who is uh, betraying the cause. Eventually, somebody sits down, an ordinary factory worker, and then everybody sits down, but the factory worker got ten years in prison. Are we at that level of the cult of the personality? Um, I think we're nearly there. Well, I think that the, the, the genesis of it is how the ANC uh, dealt with the Nkandla matter from the get-go, because it was clear to them that they, um, that from the beginning, that uh, uh, even before the public protection released a report, that uh, people within the ANC and in cabinet and uh, probably the president uh, would be found wanting in that support. And from then, yeah, they closed ranks about it. They were in a state of constant denial. And they've mismanaged that process from the beginning. 
So once the uh, public protector's report was released, you saw the NC closing ranks, and oh, oh even before then, sorry, with the with the security cluster ministers trying to stifle that report, um, trying to frustrate the work of the of the public protector, and you didn't find the the ANC speaking out then and say, let the process continue freely. We'll deal with it once it once it out. So once it was released. Then you found the NC going on the defensive. You found Parliament, the, the NC caucus in Parliament being instructed uh, to defend the president from all costs, uh, on all costs from, from uh, being held accountable for it. And I think that that is what set the opposition up against the NC in the way it is now. Um, where they have gone on a full onslaught to try and hold the president accountable. And the ANC has basically uh, created a human shield uh, you know, figuratively and uh, uh, literally uh, uh, around him um, to prevent him from being held accountable. So I think what you had on uh, Thursday night where you saw the phalanx of uh, VIP uh, bodyguards, uh, members of the police, South African Police Service, being around the president physically um, to show that, that even the rules of parliament are suspended in order to protect the president. And then you, found, you find that the ANC up to now um, hasn't spoken out about the use of violence in the House um, because they, in, on some level, when you see the, the conduct of, the, uh, of ANC members of parliament when the violence played out, they were applauding. Uh, and cheering um, those security officers, wherever they were, that were assaulting the EFF. Uh, so, th so they uh, basically are condoning the violence in order to protect the president. So this, I think, uh, you know, is, is uh, an extremely worrying state of affairs. And you look at the ANC and uh, the, the history and the legacy of the ANC, because I think that is where the major fault is uh, in, in this entire uh, problem.